Do you remember the first time you ate at someone else's house? The first time in your life that you ate at someone else's house? There might be um, a memory, maybe it wasn't the first time, but the memory that would probably stick in your head is the one where you were trying to pay attention and were unsure if you were doing the right thing. Maybe prior to the first time of meeting, eating at someone's house, you were given strict instructions about how this was supposed to go. Always say please and thank you. You need to taste everything on your plate. Things like that. Or maybe you were caught off guard by the first time that you ate at someone's house and you didn't even recognize familiar food because you were in a different situation. I'm sure that each of you have had some type of etiquette instruction about how to wait if it's a group of more than eight, you can go ahead and start, but if it's less than eight, you need to wait till everyone is served. Things like that. Maybe we can take some pride in that, being Episcopalians and all, because I think we're supposed to know which fork is used for which thing. When we see the Gospel lesson this morning, we might notice how Jesus is giving etiquette instructions to his disciples as he sends them out. He's telling them what to take with them and what not to take with them and how to respond to the people that they meet. And we might wonder why Jesus is so tied up with etiquette in the gospel passage this morning. But I dare say it's for the same reason that we are. We want to know how to be the right kind of guest. We want people to welcome us. We want people to feel comfortable when we enter into their space. And we want them to know that we feel comfortable entering into their space. That's why we have these etiquette rules and instructions to follow. But before we get to thinking that Jesus is mismanners and is most concerned with which fork or napkin is to be used, we might notice the community into which Jesus is sending his disciples. He's sending them into foreign territory, most likely into the communities of Samaritans, now, if you recall from John's Gospel, Jews and Samaritans don't mix. They keep their separate communities, their separate practices, and then invariably they would have had different religious rituals as they prepared for the meal. And Jews, as we remember, take that seriously because it's a form of prayer and devotion to go through those very rituals. Jesus is sending them into a foreign land, a community that doesn't do it like they've always done it, and is giving them permission to do it the way the Samaritans do it. This would be nerve-wracking for sure. But Jesus is wanting to help expand the kingdom of God to, to bring about what Paul talks about, which is a new creation, one in which all creation is caught up in the salvation of God. And that means boundaries have to be crossed that usually aren't crossed. And that's why Jesus is giving them instructions. He's asking them to carry the good news into those communities, and it will be recognized by many, and they will embrace it, this new creation. But for those who don't, don't waste your time. This might seem a little severe and intense. We don't like to hear Jesus talk like this when he says, shake the dust of your feet off and say this in the town square. We think, oh, golly, that's... It's not very nice. Well, one of the ways that God is not very nice is in giving us a pass on not doing justice. 
Now, I recognize there are a lot of negatives on that in that sentence, so let me see if I can phrase it positively. God is always working toward justice, always, and has little patience for those who don't do likewise. And God will always work toward justice, even when it means you won't be included. God cannot deny God's self. God is recognizing those in his midst that are working toward the same thing. And in that effort, they become a part of the kingdom of God. Now, you and I recognize that this is hard to do. Invariably, we fall short on any given day. And even in our best attempts, we might have not succeeded. So it's then that we must remember that God is also merciful. We don't instruct God on what to do with us. We don't tell God that, now please be merciful with me, or you should be merciful with me. We do cry out for mercy. And God says, I will give it as it is warranted, as I see fit. And so we find ourselves in a place of humility. I'm reminded of the prophet Micah's words as it recorded in what we know as chapter 6 of Micah in the Old Testament. The verse that says, do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Listen to those verbs. Do justice. That's what we're called to do, to do justice. We'll notice some things, we won't notice other things, but always that's what we're called to do, consistently and repeatedly. And we're also called to love mercy for it will be needed. And it's only in loving mercy that we can extend mercy to others. And in those two attempts, we will learn how to walk humbly with God. For we always fall short, always fall short in doing all that God would have us to do. This passage from Luke 10 is familiar to me because it's been used repeatedly in diocesan gatherings when we get together as people in the diocese. It's been used in leadership gatherings, it's been used in diocesan convention, um, and other small group things I've been a part of. I think probably, um, I probably went to five different diocesan events where this piece of scripture was used to gather people together for conversation. And the point of it is this, that in this day and age, God is calling us again to cross boundaries to cross those things that seem solid and impenetrable. We are asked to go out into foreignness, to cross boundaries that we have established or we think are too established for us to cross. It will feel vulnerable. We might sense that we are lambs in the midst of wolves. But we are called to go out and to proclaim the goodness of God, the new creation, salvation for all creation. And people, some, will recognize that. And they'll join us in that. They'll say, oh, we do that too. We believe in that too. This is how we are working toward that end. The power of unifying ourselves together, uniting ourselves together, brings about a change that makes demons fall. Evil cannot stand against the truth and the power of love. When we encounter people who do not want 
universal salvation, who do not believe that God's salvation is for all creation, then we are given permission to not try to convince them. Leave that for God to do. We are called to unite with one another. It might seem different, it might seem foreign, and it might seem vulnerable. But it is what we're called to do in the world, to go out and to share the abundant love of God as we know it in Jesus. And in sharing it, we will recognize it in others, and the new kingdom will come about. Amen.